welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 Before learning about Aviva IQ, I used to spend so much time managing my guest communications manually. Now, with Aviva IQ's easy-to-use automated service, my workload has reduced by 80%. Did I mention it's free? Automate your Airbnb messages now at www.avivaiq.com. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today I'm co-hosting with David Jacoby, the president of Hostly and also the co-founder. David, how's it going? Wow, Jasper, good job with that J. I'm impressed. Yeah, David was giving me some shit about uh, me mispronouncing his name. Uh, I, I say Jacoby instead of Jacoby. So, you know, I'm getting there, uh, getting your title right now. First, I always <laughs> used to think that he was the CEO, but he's the president. <laughs> It, it actually used to be a German name. It is a German name. So you are pronouncing it the original way. I'm mm. pronouncing it the uh, bastardized yeah. American way. Right. So I'm actually right and you are wrong. That's true. Okay, good. That's good to know. All right. Great way to start this podcast. Well, let's uh, let's talk about some news. Again, we're, we're going to do the new format where we'll talk about some news and then we'll also have some questions from listeners that we'll discuss. Uh, first of all, there's a there's an article in Fortune. That's called Can Airbnb Professionalize Without Losing the Personal Touch? It's a pretty interesting article. It also has a video where Brian Chesky is interviewed. And then there's another article on the New York Times that is called Airbnb Tries to Behave More Like a Hotel, where they interview a, a host who feels like she's being pushed to be more like a hotelier than an Airbnb host, and she doesn't particularly like that. So let's let's talk about this. I think this has been a trend that's been going on for a while where Airbnb is trying to stimulate their hosts to to be more professional, to make it easier for for guests uh, for, and for the users to book Airbnbs just like you book a hotel with instant booked and they're encouraging people to use flexible cancellation policy. They're encouraging hosts to, you know, make some make some changes to their homes to make it make it more professional. And and this is a trend that's been going on for a while. And and I think this is a good question because not everybody likes that. A lot of people who are on Airbnb, they're there for the more personal touch. And so when you make it, when you make the experience more like a hotel, then there's also going to be more people who are looking for a hotel experience that will stay with Airbnb hosts and they will all, that will also change the expectations of the hosts. Right now, suddenly people are thinking, Hey, I'm, if I'm staying in a hotel, then the hosts should should provide a hotel-like experiences, uh, hotel-like services, etc. So I think it's a good question uh, to to raise. What are your thoughts, David? 
Sure. So things are changing on Airbnb and Airbnb really likes to play up their roots of the host sharing an extra bedroom that they have and sharing the kitchen and sharing the living room. But the truth of the matter is there's about three million listings on Airbnb now and only a million of them are shared accommodation. Two million of them are private rentals. And of those two million, it's about half and half where one million is rented out by the owner, and then $1 million is rented out by a professional vacation rental management company. So when you go to the Airbnb Open and on their commercials, they're really playing up that, you know, that real friendliness of sharing that space. But really, they're, where the money is, is on 66%, 2 million of the listings, where they're trying to get more business friendly. So they have some rules in place to have a, a, a business friendly kind of tag on, on, on your listing, and meaning you have Wi-Fi and 24-hour access, and it's a private accommodation, and you have an iron and stuff like that. Uh, and I think they're gearing up, too, for their IPO, where they just want to have more consistency. So uh, they want to be more user friendly to the guests. They're changing a lot of the the cancellation policies. So it, it's not what it used to be. <laughs> right. It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely changing. And and so so you're thinking it has something to do with the IPO, right? I I think in terms for for Airbnb to keep growing, I think they they probably realized that. They should make the platform more attractive to different type of travelers. So I think that's one of the reasons that they, you know, that they're they're on this trend. And that could also be uh, related to the IPO, right? Because investors probably want to see that Airbnb can also attract a different type of of uh, traveler. And also, we've talked about this before: how Airbnb is, is trying to create revenue outside of the home sharing with the experiences and the trips. So it it could very well be that this this has to do with the IPL, I think. Yeah, I think for all the listing platforms like HomeAway and VRBO and TripAdvisor's FlipKey and uh, Wimdo in Europe and really the long tail, it really is a focus on supply. Every, vacation rentals, short-term rentals, they're getting more popular and everyone wants that supply. And Airbnb realizes they can only grow so much if it's an extra bedroom in someone's home. But if they can get more business travelers, if they can get more vacation rental management companies who are listing private accommodations on many platforms, if they could get them to list on onto their site, they're trying to be a lot more vacation rental manager friendly. Also, they can get that supply and get more bookings. Absolutely. And so one of the major ways that Airbnb has tried to make it more easy for people to book Airbnbs in the way that you can book a hotel is the instant book feature that was actually introduced in 2010, I believe. And now about 40% of hosts are using the instant book feature. Airbnb really wants people, wants hosts to use the instant book. They, uh, they'll bump your listing a little in the search results. There's a filter that you can use that shows only instant book places. And I believe in some markets that filter is actually the default now. So in order to see places that you can't instant book you would have to deselect it and so it's it's pretty clear that they are you know that this is a very important uh, feature for them and this leads into a question that i received in the get paid for your pet facebook group uh the group that you can that everybody can join by the way there's uh, there's almost almost a thousand uh, hosts in there and we have a lot of discussions about all different things related to Airbnb. 
But this question came from Cynthia Keeling, who's been a long-term member of the group. And she, she has a, this question. This question comes up a lot, actually. She says, I list two rooms in my house. I'm thinking of listing the two rooms as a third listing. With instant booking, I'm afraid of someone booking one room and another person booking the one of the two uh, or the two rooms. So the entire listing. So is there a way that the platform prevents this? Uh, this is currently there's there's no way around this, and you know this is an issue that uh, comes up for a lot of people. There's a lot of people who list their entire house, but then they also list one of the bedrooms separately. And obviously, you don't want to be in a situation where somebody instant books the room and then while you're sleeping an hour later, somebody else books the entire place because then you obviously have to cancel one of the bookings, which you can do with instant booked three times a year. But that's only if you feel uncomfortable with the guest. But it's in general, you, you, you just don't really want to cancel bookings. So Airbnb has now introduced or is introducing, I don't know exactly when they're rolling it out. They probably uh, do it market by market, but they're introducing some more features when it comes to instant book that gives you more control over how people can book your listing. So that was a pretty long sentence. Uh, let me let me hand the mic to you, David. <laughs> sure. Well, just to uh, expand on that, I'll summarize a great article in Skift from uh, our friend Deanna Ting. Uh, she summarized some of the, the main bullets. As you just said, one of the big features, and, and I know many hosts here in San Francisco uh, will be excited about this, is that hosts with multiple listings in the same home uh, have access to an improved calendar tool designed to prevent those double bookings and also set minimum night stays for specific dates. Some other features with the new and improved instant booking are hosts can hold certain days from being instantly bookable by other guests if they're already in conversations with guests who are inquiring about those dates. Also, first-time Airbnb guests will receive information explaining the difference between an Airbnb versus a hotel stay, and hosts can allow check-ins and checkouts on specific days of the week and at certain times. Uh, and then finally, I thought this was kind of peculiar, peculiar because I don't know why a guest would want to stay again, but if a guest rates a host with three stars or lower, that guest cannot instantly book with that same host again. I don't know why they'd want to book with that same host again. <laughs> uh, so those are some of the changes. I think they're much overdue and it'll be very helpful for many people that have multiple rooms. Uh, I'm a fan of Instant Book. I turned it on. I found myself thinking that, okay, I rarely, very rarely say no to guests anyways, uh, so there's a bunch of benefits to this. First of all, it saves me an extra step, right? Instead of the guest having to inquire with me and then me having to accept them or pre-approve them, I can just get the booking right away. So, so that's helpful. I don't need to rush because oftentimes a guest will send, you know, 10 messages out to 10 listings and the first one to respond is who they'll book with. Uh, so now if it's instant bookable, I don't need to play that game. Additionally, it appears on the filter, as you mentioned, it's one of the it was one of the three main filters as of a week ago on Airbnb site. So they have room type, price range and instant book. And I just noticed that Airbnb actually added a fourth filter refund policy, which I know there's been lots of controversy around that. Uh, but still, it's one of the, the main highlighted features. So some people might right away filter instant book. And if you don't have it turned on, you're you're not going to get a booking. Exactly. And uh, just to go back on those rebooking controls. So my interpretation was actually the other way around that you, as a host, you can restrict guests that you have rated three stars or lower. So it's not the guest rating the host three stars or lower, but the other way around, I believe. 
I guess so. Maybe it's both. So we can get some more clarification on that. Either either way, I would I would hope it's both ways because you don't want someone who had a bad experience to to stay again. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's on the guest. So let's say you have a guest and you don't really like the guest and you rate that guest three stars or lower, then that guest is not going to be able to book with you again. So it's kind of like you know providing a little protection to the to the host, I guess. First of all, I'll, I'll say that obviously these features are can be very useful. But at the same time, you know, I remember when I started in 2012, the it was so easy to set up a listing because there was very little features. It was it was all a very simple process. It's getting to the point where it's getting a little complicated, right? With all these different settings and smart pricing and all these different calendar settings. I mean, it's it's useful, but at the same time, I f- I feel like it might get a little complicated for some people. Yes, they turn a lot of those defaults on as well. So you really need to dig in if you want to change things. Oftentimes now in Simpook, for example, is is turned on. One one quick one more uh, quick comment about the instant booking too. You mentioned the protection with the ratings. You can also choose who can do an instant book in terms of whether they've have validated ID, like they've shown their license and, and other levels of validation, or if you want it to be one one level stricter, it's people who have had positive reviews before. So they give you some leeway there on the instant book settings. But that, as you said, that's, that's another setting. That's another control. And also one thing that made me take the leap for, for moving forward with instant booking, and, and I haven't regretted it, I've had great experiences, they can still, they'll still let you cancel. So if for some reason you feel uncomfortable, comfortable about an instant book, you can email or call uh, customer service and they'll let you cancel penalty free. Uh, so you'll still keep your Superhost status or you won't get dinged. So that's that's good. Going back to what you were saying about all the different features, that's one of the growing pains, right? You, you want to have many levels of customization, but with that comes uh, the ability with it being overwhelming. Airbnb to their roots, they're a design company with, you know, Brian Chesky and Joe Gebbia being from RISD, the Rhode Island School of Design. And I think they've done, compared to other sites, they've still done a really an excellent job at giving the the filters for the for the host making it easy and they actually just revamped over the past few weeks the host uh, login area where you do make changes and they made it a little more WYSIWYG right what you see is what you get so as you're looking at your listing you can press edit to all certain areas and, and edit and update the calendar and the description and the amenities and before it used to be a whole separate different back end so I'm actually pretty impressed with how they've been able to keep up with making it somewhat easy given how many controls there are uh, making it easy for the host to manage that I think that's probably one of the reasons that Airbnb is so successful the fact that the you know the founders have this design background because I mean I try to design some things sometimes I'm pretty terrible at it <laughs> but uh, you know as soon as you start adding more more it quickly becomes like a like a forest you know but it quickly becomes you lose the overview and it just gets too complicated so i think it's uh you know adding features and still keeping it easy for people to use and and not f- for people to get lost is is a uh, is very compli- it's, it's difficult but if they can do that that would be that would be huge Yes, I agree. And they've done a great job with it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's move on to another uh, news article. This is pretty interesting. I think uh, Airbnb has acquired another company. It's a company called Truly. It's a, it's a background check company. So they, they've acquired it for not much. What is it? Like 10 million or something. But it's a good move because 
a lot of people get scammed on Airbnb. There's a lot of like fake websites and there's people that uh, have fake listings and stuff. I think it's a, it's definitely a good idea to, to have some sort of automated way to do a quick background check on, on hosts. I think Uber uh, does this as well. Like if you want to be an Uber driver, um, they do a quick background check to see if you don't have like a criminal past and if there's, you know, no, nothing too, um, sketchy on, on your record. So I think it's a good move. Uh, yes, indeed. So uh, truly, they've actually they've raised about ten million dollars uh, in venture backed financing. So I would imagine they were acquired for even more than that. Hopefully for them, uh, I don't think the terms have been disclosed. Uh, having background check is really important, obviously, for <laughs> short term rentals, and that could be another thing. Speaking of instant book, that they could add into that, where in order to do instant book, they do an immediate background check on the person. I know there's other companies out there uh, in the vacation rental space that are trying to do that as well. So Safely Stay, they're a popular one. Again, as they're moving to be more consistent and to get more uh, business travelers and possibly have that IPO, having more certainty over who the travelers are, having less scams, uh, having less you know, of those bad newspaper articles because someone having a good stay doesn't make a newspaper, but <laughs> when something goes wrong, it's in the newspaper. So. Uh, I think putting this in place is going to be a great way to make them a little more professional looking. Hosts, if you're anything like me, you have multiple standard messages you send to every guest. I used to copy paste those messages every time I had a new guest. But then I learned about Aviva IQ and I'm an absolute fan. I copied my repeatable messages into Aviva IQ and told it when I want each message to be delivered. Now, all my guests get personalized check-in messages and personalized check-out messages at the exact time I want them to, automatically. I also use Aviva IQ to send a message to guests when a vacancy exists after their scheduled checkout day and invite them to stay longer. It's amazing how it's turned into free money for me on multiple occasions already. So sign up for free at www.avivaiq.com. You'll be glad you did. So let's uh, talk about another question that I received. I actually received it right before we started recording. I thought it was an interesting question because it's a, it's a question that I got a lot. So it will be helpful to discuss. So this question is from Libby and uh, I'll just read her question. Uh, my listing is in Brighton Beach. Brighton uh, is in Adelaide, South Australia. I've had great occupancy right through our winter period, which is now. I've already implemented lower pricing for this period in the hope this would not happen, but still haven't attracted a lot of bookings. So I'm looking for any help to get my listing noticed more when people search for Adelaide rather than having to search Brighton open to any advice to track more bookings. So this is a question I get a lot. There's a lot of places where the demand on Airbnb is kind of seasonal. I know a lot of hosts in Canada are are struggling in the winter because then it's like minus 150 degrees. And as soon as you open the door, uh, you basically turn into an Iceman, and, which uh, you know keeps the amount of visitors uh, down a bit in the winter. There's a number of things that you can do to attract more bookings in, in the winter. So I'll, I'll go through a few of the things that you can do. And then David, I'm sure, will have some, uh, some really interesting ideas as well. So I, I think the first thing that you want to do is to just make it as attractive as possible for people to book your place. 
So how can you do that? Well, obviously the instant book is, is part of that. Uh, having a flexible cancellation policy and also reducing the minimum night stay to one night is also something you can do to get more bookings. Now, obviously you, you can lower your price. I think this is something that, uh, that she's already done. You know, you can, you can, if you use smart pricing or use one of the third party pricing apps, then they will do this automatically for you. Uh, another thing you could do is to list on multiple platforms. Because you know, there's a lot of platforms out there. It's not just Airbnb. There's HomeAway. There's VRBO. There's Nine Flats. There's there's a whole bunch of them. There's also Booking.com and TripAdvisor and Expedia that uh, that that are more starting to focus more on apartment rentals. So what I do is I look at those platforms to see if there's any hosts in your area. If there are a lot of hosts in your area, that means there's demand. So then you can you can try listing on those platforms. You could even have your own website. I know some hosts do that as well. It kind of helps to, you know, reach out to former guests and it's kind of like an online business card. And then the last thing I'll say is I know people who rent out on, on Airbnb and other platforms during the high season. And then in the low season, they sublet their place. Uh, some people in Canada, I know do this kind of October through May, they rent out to students. And then June through September, when the schools uh, are closed, they uh, they put their place on Airbnb and uh, or any, or other platforms. So that's uh, that's my advice, David. What do you have? Ooh, that was a mouthful. That was great. Well, for starters, you could always have your parents stay with you for come visit for three months. That's what I do during the low season. But <laughs> I guess I'm in a unique situation that way. Uh, <laughs> I want to expand on one thing you said about listing on other platforms. I think that's a, a big deal. And I've uh, really been taking to heart what Matt Landau says. He's with the Vacation Rental Managers blog, uh, VRMB. Uh, and he's got within that something called the Inner Circle which is a, a great discussion board. And uh, there he really talks about listing beyond Airbnb and not just the sites you talked about, but there's lots of other niche sites too. One that just raised a ton of money uh, is Mr. B&B, for example. That's for the gay community. Uh, and then I, I just heard you don't need to be gay to list on there. It's just knowing that you have, uh, you know, gay friendly place to stay. Uh, and then I just came across another site, budandbreakfast.com for the 420 friendly uh, travelers. Uh, so there really is a long tail of sites. And having your own site, I'm a big fan of that as well. And there's lots of websites and companies that will help you easily do that, such as Orbi Rental and Future Stay and Logify and Blue Tent. And the list goes on. And they'll help you not just have a beautiful website that you can focus some SEO on to get some traffic. And, and then not you don't need to pay any commissions, right? So if you get someone on Airbnb or on HomeAway one year, and then you can have them come back and just book uh, from your own website the next year and you don't need to pay any fees. And, and these sites uh, will help you list not just on your own website, but they'll then list you on the other platforms too, and they'll update your calendar. So there's some cool softwares out there. And hey, it's low season, you're not getting much booking, so you can spend some time trying to figure this all out. I'm also going to do a shout out to our friend Tybalt Mason at Rentalpreneurs. And on the Hostfully blog, he actually has a great article that he put on there called 15 things to do today to get more low season vacation rental bookings. Uh, so I highly recommend we'll put it in the show notes for 
for people to check that blog post out. And in addition to everything that Jasper said, there's some other fun outside the box ideas, like if low season is during the winter and it's cold, invest in a hot tub and put that in. That'll differentiate your listing from others or reach out to previous guests. Make sure your listings are updated with uh, maybe some creative options like some weekday discounts or having some packages, for example, like for if it's you're in a foodie place, throw in a free uh, restaurant meal at, a, at one of your favorite restaurants nearby. So there's a bunch of more outside the box ideas besides just lowering your price uh, and lowering your, your number of nights uh, that I recommend you check out on that blog. And how about signing up for the Airbnb Homes Project and host some refugees? Oh, yes, absolutely. That's a great idea. If your space another is, announcement if, I know you guys talked about. Yeah, yep. if your space is, uh, if you don't really get much uh, traffic anyway, then you might as well help some people. You could even think about couchsurfing and offer your home uh, for, for free. And you might think, well, what's in it for me? But here's the, here's the trick. If you host a lot of people on Couchsurfing, then uh, you'll also be able to stay at other people's places for free because you know when you make an inquiry on Couchsurfing, a lot of people, they look at your profile and when they see that you're actually hosting people too, they, you know you have a better chance of getting, uh, getting accepted. So definitely a lot of things you can do. Did you want to say something, David? Yeah, absolutely. And just to be clear about that, there are people here, the concept Couchsurfing in general, but there's also the website specifically, Couchsurfing.org. And I'm a big fan of that. I use couch surfing all around the world. I stayed for free with people in Lima, in Cairo, in Jerusalem, in Kigali, Rwanda, in Hanoi, Vietnam, Bodrum, Turkey, some random places on couch surfing. And, and I've had couch surfing guests stay, stay with me as well. And I'm a big fan of that community. It's a great way to meet people from other cultures, help travelers travel. And it's basically Airbnb without the financial component. You're letting people stay for free. There's still a review and rating system. So there is a self-policing community and you'll feel comfortable uh, with the people who you let stay with you. And yeah, you get free places to stay when you go travel as well. So that, that's a great idea, Jasper. And I wanted to go back quickly to a platform that you mentioned. What was it? But... But B&B? Uh, but and breakfast. <laughs> but, but and breakfast. You said it was 420 friendly. Now, I know that a lot of people outside of the US might not know what that means, but it basically means that you can smoke weed on the property, I, I assume? Yes. Cannabis-friendly accommodations worldwide. That's their tagline. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so those niche sites are, are interesting places to look as well. There's another place uh, or another site called Inclusive. I've actually in, in, interviewed mm -hmm. the founder at some point on the podcast, and I thought the, the word inclusive, I thought it was a really cool name for a platform. So it's double N, so inclusive. It, uh, like you're staying at an inn. I get it. Very it, clever. It, yeah, you're staying at an inn. Its tagline is be yourself. And I think it's focused on people like from minorities because, you know, there, I think the idea behind it was, you know, that there's, there's some discrimination going on Airbnb. So this platform really focuses. It's open to everyone and there's, there's no discrimination on the platform. So that's another, another niche site that you could definitely look at. Is there anything else you want to mention on, on this topic? Uh, no, I think that covers it. Awesome. Well, that's good because we are running out of time. And so, David, I really appreciate you taking the time to host this podcast with me. It was a blast as always. And I look forward to uh, speaking to you again in the near future. I'm so sad it's over. I'm going to have to wait another four weeks till we do it again, Jasper. Yeah. I mean, well, I can stop recording and we can just keep talking. It's okay. Oh, all right. That sounds great. I'm always happy to make time for you. <laughs> Emotional support, life advice, anything you want. 
Thank you. Appreciate it. And for the listeners, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And we will obviously we'll be back on Monday. So I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.